Well, welcome to the Crossing Church Rewind, brought to you by the teaching team of the Crossing Church in Westminster, Colorado, where we dive a little bit deeper and explore a little further the ideas and themes shared from this past weekend at the Crossing Church. My name is Pastor Nathan. I am the creative arts and teaching pastor here at the Crossing Church, and we actually have the entire teaching team joining us today. I'll let them introduce themselves, starting with Pastor Mark, our discipleship pastor. Hey, I'm Pastor Mark. I'm the discipleship pastor. I just said that, didn't I? (laughs) (laughs) And next to you is... Hey, everyone. I'm Pastor Leslie. I'm the children and family pastor. And last but certainly not least... Well, amen to that. Just Pastor Brian here hanging out at my dining room table. Yeah, this is a little bit of a different setup for us, isn't it? We are all socially distanced at this point, um, all in our respective homes, all recording Uh, maybe for the first time ever with some of this equipment. So if it sounds a little bit different to you who have been listening for a while, this is why some of us are recording with equipment we have. Some of us are recording with computers we have. And we just are very glad that Pastor Brian was able to connect it all. So that's that's because I live with a brilliant woman. I actually spent a lot of time texting and working with Kim to get this setup going. I didn't even go to Brian at all. So it's a smart move. Well, here we are. Uh, We didn't podcast last week. We uh, completely skipped it. But as you can imagine, it was kind of a crazy last week for all of us. Um, We pivoted. We changed our plans. uh, We canceled services. And we had to figure out how in the world we were going to still provide some form of online community, be it through service, social media, or otherwise, for our congregation and beyond. And and so here we are, a week removed, and we're a few weeks into this COVID-19 pandemic. Um, We are all kind of socially uh, distanced. We're isolated for the most part and doing our best to be good citizens, to be um, good uh, church members, to be good pastors to our flock as well. So what's the experience been like working at home? I'll start with uh, the Hanchers who are sitting next to each other. In case you didn't know and you're listening, Pastor Mark, our discipleship pastor, and Pastor Leslie, our children's and family pastor, are married. So they are actually socially distanced together. So, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. Could, you could say that. Yeah, I actually really uh, there a former professor of ours, uh, Dr. Doug Hardy, actually just recently uh, sent out a thing that said we should probably stop calling it social distancing and just call it physical distancing, because, you know, socially we can still connect with one another. I mean, even uh, so you may have seen um, we put out a picture on our social media this morning of the almost the entire staff. Uh, working together online, like via video conference. So it's been a little weird for us, um, you know, mostly just because we're, we're still at home, still connected, um, but we're both kind of just doing our own respective things. So, yeah, I've just kind of decided that I need to embrace this massive learning curve of what it is to pastor uh, while physically distant. Uh, Mark and I went for a walk today and we walked by one of our family's houses and I texted the mom. I'm like, look out your window. We're practicing social distance. And Mark and I are standing six feet away from each other. And then all of a sudden you hear pastor Leslie, pastor Mark. And the kids were so excited, but it's like, hi through your front door. It's good to see you. So just trying to figure out what it looks like to pastor really just via technology. Yeah. 
Speaking of technology, there's a phone. This is how this works. <laughs> it's um, the oldest daughter. Just that, checking in. Checking in. That's good. Yeah, we all are checking in on family. Um, and I saw that the funniest meme online recently was like, in a strange turn of events, now I am the one yelling at my parents for going out at night instead yeah. of them yelling at me. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny. For me, uh, naturally, I'm an introvert. Um, most of this has been kind of heaven. Like I've been practicing social distancing for most of my life. <laughs> You're a pro. That's Minus not the not being able to leave the house and having children around yeah, the, all the, the hardest time. part is having an almost five-year-old and a two-year-old who can't, uh, even when they're playing well together, it's just so loud and any activity we plan for them, they're done with in like five minutes. And so like the only recommendation we're not currently following is screen time allowance. Cause I mean, we are watching every episode of the wiggles, not a sponsor. Every episode of just anything, <laughs> <laughs> anything that we can do to keep them in one spot so that so that I can keep working so that my wife can keep working. Um, man, this uh, this kind of self quarantining with kids is um, quite the challenge. And, and Pastor Brian, you've got a little different experience there, don't you? Yeah, we uh, we have we have two 17 year olds at the house. So uh, Pastor Nate and I were discussing uh, whether it's better or worse to have younger or older children. You have uh, more noise and we have more attitude. So that's what that's what we get to enjoy. And and being uh, the opposite of uh, Pastor Nate and being an extrovert. It's got to be going uh, crazy for you. Like This is not there is no way that I can explain how I mean, you have to embrace it because you have no choice. But this is this is this is tough territory for uh, a person who. Who, who likes people? <laughs> anyway. Have you gone? Have you hit the point where you've gone full St. Francis yet? Where you're like trying to convert your dog and your cat and any animal you see, the birds in your yard, just preaching the gospel to anyone that'll listen at this point? I'm trying. I'm trying. This is rough. <laughs> I, I'd like to fake it and sound super spiritual, but this has not been easy for me. I'm just going to be honest. Well, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, some of what we've done to still provide some form of normalcy, some form of community to our church. We've been uh, pushing out Facebook live content every week, and we're about to expand that to a couple different platforms as well, just to be able to reach as many people as possible. But in order for us to do that and still be good citizens, good neighbors, and kind of uh, abide by the guidelines that are out there from the CDC, from the governor, from the mayor and beyond, uh, we're essentially uh, in an empty room as we record worship songs, as, as we record sermons. And I know uh, Pastor Mark and Pastor Leslie and myself have been part of the team that's been recording. Uh, and I'll say that even as an introvert, uh, being a worship leader, it's very hard to look out to a completely empty room um, and try to feel like you're engaging something in some way. It, it just continually feels like a rehearsal. And we're trying our best to push over that particular line to make it feel as real as possible. What's your experience been, Pastor Mark, Pastor Leslie? Well, I think that's, you know, for me, the the most helpful reminder is like, why am I doing this in the first place? You know, what what is the big reason as to why we're doing this? And and it's to worship God. And and so that honestly has been the big thing for me where, you know, it's just kind of one of those for a moment, you forget that you're in a room of, you know, 500 empty chairs. And it's just the, the four or five of us that are gathered up there or three of us or however many there are. Um, and we're just worshiping God in that moment. Um, you know what, even though we are recording things and we are, you know, providing something that other people are going to watch later, um, in that moment, that's, that's a time of worship for us as well. Um, and so even though it is practice and, and it is, um, us producing something, uh, it's something more than that. So, yeah, I have found it definitely to be a little weird, um, fun though. 
uh, I have been able to worship differently knowing that um, I'm not trying to help people in the actual room engage. I'm trying to help people um, in their own living rooms engage. So um, I feel like my posture has changed a little bit. My mindset of this is worship hasn't, but all of a sudden I'm trying to help people enter into the presence of God in their living room while they're in their pajamas and haven't even brushed their teeth yet. Like it's this whole different thing that I'm trying to help do. And then I've been filming my own videos where I'm just standing in front of a black wall. And I know I do a lot of ridiculous feed announcements or like general announcements, but I'm beginning to think that in like another couple of weeks, I'm just going to be totally fine talking to myself all of the time. And I won't ever need another person to converse with. Well, one, um, I, I think it's funny that you assume I brush my teeth before a normal worship weekend in general. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> hey, it's my microphone. I don't share it with anybody, but um, for those of us that have been worship leaders at some point in our life, and, and we, we talk a lot about how it's not a performance, you're, you're literally worshiping God in those moments, but man, I'll tell you what, that, that's a lot of talk sometimes when you're all of a sudden you're in front of an empty room and you're trying yeah. to figure out how to do it. And that being said, Pastor Brian, how has, um, how's been uh, how, preaching to an empty room? How I know you, we've worked together for years, uh, 15, 16, 17 years at this point, you, uh, in no way are a, uh, you like to work a crowd. All right. You like to engage with the response from the people. And now you've got 500 empty chairs staring back at you as we record this. Well, let's be honest. There's a pretty uh, similar sense in the air of, uh, of laughter, whether I'm preaching live or not. So, so <laughs> um, no, no laughter at all. Pretty much. It's pretty consistent. No, this it's a, it's a huge change. And as Nate said, I, I, I literally have stayed away from situations like this because I know it's not, it's not my strength. You don't even, this. you don't even practice to an empty room generally, do you? No, I, I don't. Cause I like to, I like the reactions of the people. I like to play off the people. I feed off the energy. And now it is uh it's a little, little stale in the old sanctuary when it comes to uh, feedback. But the one thing I'll tell you is it's helped my prayer life and it's, <laughs> it's helped me on, on the day that I know we're going to, to, to film. I literally feel like the guy uh, pent up in a room who is like getting ready to hit the door, the top of the door frame on the way out, like play like a champion. Like I have to literally like psych myself up to get to a point where, and it's, and, and you know, I'm going to sound like the pastor, but God is helping me. I'm getting more comfortable, but it is a stretch. Yeah. Uh, uh, I can imagine. And I'm assuming soon, uh, the rest of us on the teaching team are going to get to figure out a way to engage with that stretch at some point. Um, although let's talk a little bit about moving forward, kind of our plans, because, um, as you all listening, know, everything changes almost more than day to day, like hour to hour from mm -hmm. you can go out, but groups of less than 10 keep social distance, six feet. And, uh, just like literally, uh, 10 minutes ago, the mayor of Denver is pretty much putting the city of Denver on a lockdown starting tomorrow. So we, as a, as a church staff have been thinking through, even at the very beginning of this, you know, knowing that there's a potential that things could get to a point where it is, uh, uh, difficult for us to get anywhere to record. So, we have um, pre-recorded a number of different worship songs, um, a number of different worship sets, um, even Easter as well, um, to try and provide some semblance of similarity over the weeks. The one thing that we haven't been able to do, and that's not knock on us, it's just the way we work, is 
we're not recording the sermons too far ahead of time. So over the next few weeks, you may see a shift from in our particular worship center to at home uh, to in my particular back of garage bunker, which I've built for myself more to isolate myself from kids in the middle of the day uh, than and no, I'm just kidding. No, you're not. No, you're you're kind of kidding. (laughs) Only the dog is allowed in. That's right. Absolutely. Uh, And so just know Crossing Church or whoever's listening, we do have uh, your best interest, the community best interest at heart. We're just trying to do whatever we can to produce content. But beyond the weekend services, we are going uh, over the top uh, to try and create community in kind of this digital space. And for a long time, uh, especially as social media kind of started and Facebook got its its big kind of push over the last decade or so, you would hear a lot of different people talk about how this digital community isn't real. It can't be a real thing. You can't do church online and have it form like a real community. And now here we are as pastors going, well, we don't have another choice at this point. So we're, we're leaning into this. Uh, I'm going to let Pastor Leslie talk a little bit specifically about what she's doing for children's and family, because me as a dad of two young ones, definitely understand the pressure of what it means to be at home every single day with two little kids, like literally to the point where yesterday as a I'm game, sensitive, I'm sensitive theme here. As, I know <laughs> as a game and I'm, I'm, you can't see me, but I'm using air quotes as a game. We filled three buckets with water and put soap in one and they got to take all of their toys for a swim. Like literally we had them wash their toys as a game. And strangely enough, it kept them busy for an hour. So it was like, I think that's called child labor. (laughs) (laughs) But to help other parents out there, and I know I've been blessed and my wife has been blessed with some of the things we've been putting out from the Crossing Church. Pastor Leslie, take a minute, just talk a little bit about kind of what your plan is moving forward and how we're, we're going with this. Yeah, so I have been trying to, well, I have been posting at least once a day on our Crossing Kids Facebook page, um, just kind of fun things to be able to do to engage with your kids. So for example, this past weekend, we had an epic fort building contest. No joke, one of our families built a fort that had different rooms inside the fort. It was it was nicer than my apartment. I'm just throwing we, that out I there. think it was bigger than our apartment. <laughs> I think it was my bigger family, than our apartment. My family was going to participate in that contest because we built a fort and then I saw their picture and I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, even, I'm not even posting our picture. Yeah, it was crazy. And we had four families in, involved in this. Um, and it was just such kind of a fun experience. Tomorrow we're having a crazy hair day because why not? Like, it's probably just going to be a bunch of bedhead, but Brian, why not kind that. of embrace it? Yeah. I've uh, been doing videos that go out on Sunday evenings and Wednesday evenings, just to try to help keep some normalcy, even with our times of, okay, just because we are being asked to physically distance or social distance ourselves from each other, God isn't asking us to distance ourselves from him. So what are ways that we can engage with our families and with God in this time? What does it look like to worship Jesus in our living room. Um, if there's anything we know about kids, it's that they are not ashamed. They, uh, the whole scripture that I'll become even more undignified than this. Like that is a five-year-old's life. If they're going to worship Jesus in their living room, they're going to worship Jesus in their living room. And you can bet they're going to do the actions and they're going to sing. So I've been even more intentional about teaching our kids the songs on Wednesday nights, that we're going to do on Sundays. So when they hear them on Sunday during the live stream, they're able to be like, Oh yeah, pastor Leslie taught this to me and engage with it. 
um, on our crossing kids page, we've got like some uplifting things. Um, some, like one of the things that got posted around a whole bunch was just this idea that kids aren't going to remember the details of COVID-19. What they're going to remember is how their home felt during COVID-19. So is it that mom and dad are freaking out and all they can talk about is COVID-19 and we have no money and why do we have so much toilet paper and (laughs) we have canned beans for days instead of, okay, let's take this time and engage with each other and make the best of it. That's why I'm trying to help create um, a little bit of competition to help the parents engage because the kids will engage of fun. Because yes, we're stuck at home and soon we might be on lockdown, but there can still be a sense of fun within the house. Um, And I'm just trying to help parents find that fun because I know y'all are exhausted and activities do only last five minutes when you plan them. So what is something else that I can do to help speak into that? Yeah. And don't, uh, if you're a parent and you have ideas, don't, don't hesitate to reach out to us through email or through, you know, our, our website, crossingchurch.org or our Facebook page. Please, we are here to help. We are here to try and figure out how to build community and the best way possible. And earlier today, we had kind of an all staff meeting um, via Zoom. And uh, Brian, you had a really good uh, thing. You was an extrovert. Uh, you were talking about trying to reach out to your friends, but like going beyond that first level of people and, and like going into that second level of people who you don't text as often and engage with them. Talk a little bit about what you're doing in this time. And I know you've talked about starting to provide some Wednesday updates and live stream things, just different content. Go ahead and uh, tell us what you're doing in this time to reach out to our church. I think we landed on uh, 530 on Wednesday nights. We're going to do a Facebook live thing. Now that scares me because five minutes ago, while Leslie was talking, uh, a note came up on my screen that said, internet is unstable. But what is an unstable right now? (laughs) So So, if we lose Pastor Brian at some point, we we know why. We'll just carry on with him. Just letting you know. So, so I also... I also realized that that there's people that I that I talk to on a fairly regular basis. I don't know how that happens, but there's those there's that layer of people. But there's also a second, third, and fourth layer. And there's every every single person at the church matters as well as people outside. And so I'm trying to I'm trying to hit about 20, 25 uh, text messages or phone calls a day. Uh, I actually went up to the church earlier for a little bit and grabbed a list of our prime timers. Our uh, I'm going to go with 60 and over. Uh, <laughs> the number's going up every year, isn't it? <laughs> helps me, yeah. So, uh, so anyway, so I'm going to be trying to reach out to them uh, later today uh, at a higher level than normal just to check on people and let them know that somebody's thinking about them and somebody cares. We, we have somebody in our church that uh, is in a long line, on a long line for a kidney transplant. And, and she... Um, and I, t- I emailed her today just to see, I mean, there's a lot of people that have been in isolation for a long period of time, haven't left the house, haven't driven their car, haven't done anything. And I just think they, they need somebody to, they, they need to know that somebody cares. And that's where, where I'm trying to have an emphasis and take some time. Yeah, I'm not even sure I have 25 people in my contacts list um, on my phone. <laughs> as, as an introvert, it's, you know, it, my favorites is four people. There's four people that have made the favorites list, uh, and that's about it. Um, 
Yeah, we are. Did I, did I make it? Did I, yeah. You're the very bottom. The very. <laughs> like it's, it's three people and then four more spaces and then you, like four empty spaces. <laughs> That's where I belong. That's right. So let's talk a little bit. Um, I, over the next few weeks, we're going to talk a lot about this situation and what we're doing and, and what we're hoping to do. You know, we're going to be live streaming every Saturday night at five and every Sunday morning at ten thirty. Pastor Brian's doing something on Wednesdays at five thirty. Pastor Leslie's doing a live stream for kids ministry and beyond. It's not, honestly, it's not just for kids. I've, I've seen the first one and I probably learned just as much as I would hope some kids to learn from it every Wednesday night at remind me of the time it is six, six 30. Yeah. It's six 30. And then we're going to probably have some live prayer times throughout the week at our Facebook page. Now is the time to connect. If you haven't uh, reach out to us, crossingchurch.org. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash crossing church co. Um, lots of things that we're doing. Another thing that we just started is called crossing cares. Um, not that we didn't care before, but we just started this ministry specifically for this COVID-19 response to our people and our community. And if you're hearing this, uh, and you're close by and you need to help in any way, you've lost your job. You're not sure how to uh, get groceries for your family. Uh, you can't get out of your house or you feel you're at risk and you need to pick up groceries or pick up medicine. If you just want a friendly phone call, somebody to talk to because you feel isolated, reach out to us on our website, crossingchurch.org. Uh, we are willing to go the extra mile to do whatever we can to take care of our community. But speaking of hope, let's take uh, let's take a quick look at this past weekend, which again was a little different. Although, Pastor Brian, I will say you were even more comfortable this time uh, preaching to an empty room. It almost started to feel pretty natural, but give us a few highlights, a few things from the weekend that you remember. You didn't get to interact with people, but there was some good meat and there was some good depth in what you were talking about. Well, one of the things we talked about for this podcast thing to be able to do is to maybe dive a little more into things that I didn't talk about quite as much. So I want to I want to actually focus. I mean, Daniel in the Lion's Den is a is a familiar story, as I've said before, a top three children's story, probably with uh, Jonah and Noah's Ark. But uh, but I want to I want to talk about King Darius and, I, and can't, this is, is the king. Darius Rucker King. No, that's, I this is be with you. This is his brother, I think. <laughs> this is his brother. <laughs> From another mother. Uh, but but anyway, this this particular this particular king watched Daniel's life and 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 where where he messes up and where we all mess up sometimes is he had a bit of a go along with it mentality. So these other two uh, leaders kind of, no, they're not kind of, they set Daniel up, uh, because, and they use his religion because they know he's going to pray. And they, they, they basically get to a point where they set him up because they knew he was going to pray three times a day. And the next thing we know, uh, uh, now you got Darius Rucker in my mind. King Darius, <laughs> King, King Darius is, uh, going to sign a decree that nobody can pray to anybody but him. King well, they set King Daniel Hewitt. up yeah, and yeah, Hootie. King Hootie and, and his blowfish. blowfish. Yeah. And uh, so they, so they, you got to stop. So, <laughs> so they, so they, anyway, they set him up and they, they basically sentenced him to the lion's den. But King Darius was sad. He was upset and he spent time trying to figure out how to get out of this decree. There was no wiggle room, which I like, but he, <laughs> he couldn't find any. And, 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 he was, he went along with it. And so many times, even during this, uh, this crisis or whatever we call what we're in situation, there, there's a lot of things that we could go along with, but I think, I think we got to remember that, that, uh, God does have this. It's not bigger than him. He knows what's going on. And, and that whole go along with it mentality. 
So I don't know if you guys have anything that fits in the go along with that, you know, that go along with it mentality, but I think, aren't we supposed to be different in how we handle this thing? Well, just so we don't forget, and that was so deep and so good. I I'm a theological wizard. Uh, don't you? There it is. This is the perfect time. If you're stuck at home in quarantine and you want a theological wizard t-shirt, let us know. Reach yes. out podcast crossingchurch.org. Sorry, I still have all of the buttons here in front of me. I can still manage to get all of this going. But um, no, I thought it was good. I thought there is a an interesting correlation we can make. Um, obviously, quarantine isn't the lion's den, and we're, and we're here for different reasons. But I mean... Uh, one of the wonderful things about scripture is we read it and it reads us and, and we bring our context to the context of the passage. And uh, I mean, yeah, having faith at this moment um, and and still trying to figure out how to move forward. It's a very strange time uh, in our country, in the world, really. Uh, this pandemic's taking over and having faith that God is still in control um, feels a little bit like maybe we're in the lion's den and we're we're a little bit out there. Pastor Mark, Pastor Leslie, what do you, what do you got? Yeah, no. And that, that actually the, um, you know, Brian had, Pastor Brian had three lessons for us, um, kind of out of this, this text this week. And that, that third one really was the one that, um, that I looked at and I was just, you know, I, I love reading it. It's this idea of you don't find peace in the midst of, you know, us trying to do it our own way. You know, you can find peace in the midst of the storm, but that's only because you're turning to God. And, and that really is, you know, that's something where, and he, you know, he talking about, you know, Peter being out on the water and, uh, you know, walking on water with Jesus. And, and then he panics at the last moment. And, uh, but, but what's so cool about that story is like, Jesus just reaches down and picks him up. So it's like already Jesus was right there. Like it, it's even when we screw up, even when we do something stupid, even when we're terrified, like that's, I think we would all be insane to think like we wouldn't be terrified if we were out on that water. Like it's okay to have fear in the midst of all of this, but we shouldn't be consumed by that. And so that, yeah. that's where, you know, not just the power of God, but also then, you know, what we're doing, even in the midst of this, like the, the church is not just a, a building. It's, it's a people, it's a, it's a body of believers. And so we should rest on, on that, find peace in that and find peace in God. Um, yeah. I think that might be one of the biggest lessons that the church as a whole, the the bigger, broader concept of church is going to learn through all this. I've seen all sorts of different yeah. people talk about how this is going to change the church forever. And honestly, it'll probably have some lasting effects, but I don't think it'll, it'll drastically change how we generally meet every weekend, but man, hopefully it can change our paradigm and our perspective of how we understand the church to be so much more than just coming together and so much more about it's, it's going out uh, to the community. We mm -hmm. are a body of believers and not a building. And and yes, it's definitely hard that uh, we, we don't get to meet together. We don't get to have that community in person. But a man, I've heard so many stories, um, even before this time of how these kind of digital spaces and digital communities can function as a sense of community. Like even um, if, if you're an online gamer, I've heard stories of, of gamers who've been playing this this game together for years and somebody unfortunately passes away from an illness and those people who've never met in real life were the first to show up at the funeral and the first to reach out and help because yeah. we uh, as people now have these digital means to reach across uh, different borders, different areas, different ways to reach people we might not have connected with before and still be the church in a way that, that we haven't been able to be before. Pastor Brian. Well, I was, you know, I hate to get spiritual on you again, but uh, Romans, 
kind of you your know, job, isn't it? Romans 12, 2, uh, just the first part of it. It's don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. So I think you have to, uh, I think you have to make sure that you, that, that you realize and you take the time to think and not just panic and not just react in these kind of times. And that's a really good thing. So, so Daniel, I mean, uh, Darius had this, all these D's had, had, had this, had this mentality of kind of go along with it. And then it kind of bit him in the backside for lack of a better way to put it. And, and he also though had some tremendous faith. Now I like Daniel's influence on Darius is, is so evident in the fact that the morning after he's been the whole night in the lion's den, Daniel's been in there, Darius gets up and he gets there early, which I love that he set his alarm. He went early and he got there and, and he had enough faith in Daniel's God, who is our God, that, that he thought maybe he lived through this. Maybe God spared him. And, and I think that's a, that's a faith boost that a lot of us could be uh, needing or wanting or looking for. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite moments from this weekend service was in the middle of your sermon, Pastor Brian, you stopped and you prayed, which I think was just such a beautiful moment of of showing our people that in the middle of what we are doing, we can stop what we're doing and take it to God. And I think that um, illustrates the life of Daniel that he didn't, I don't think he just prayed three times a day. I, <laughs> I like to think that Daniel was a man who continually prayed and in doing that, you made it okay for us to stop what we're doing, even when it is good and godly work to pray. And I think in a time like this, that is just so important for our leaders and our pastors to be exemplifying for us. So that was one of my favorite, that was a highlight for sure. I, I appreciate that because uh, quite honestly, that was not in my notes or in my plan, but it did happen. See, so you once still, in a while, you, you still reacted to the room, even though there I was no, <laughs> no room in there. I felt it in my bones. Hey, sometimes the Holy Spirit can move uh, weeks ahead of time in an empty room. Like we can't put constraints. Is uh, my one of the the prophets has said in, in the past, uh, she moves in mysterious ways. I think that was the great prophet Bono. Um, oh. <laughs> Sorry, dad jokes. It's I'm I've been stuck at home for so long, actually just a couple of days, and it feels like the longest year of my life so far. No, yeah, but uh, what do you what do you got what do you guys think about about Darius's faith to actually go out there and check out the lion's den when they're really seemingly humanly there should have been no reason. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's um there's a sense that that he was still keeping up with appearances of King and, and where he felt his particular faith or rule led him. Uh, put Daniel there, but like, like still held out just, just this little bit of hope that it, that it was all true, right. That, that there was something to this, but, but if he leaned into it too early, it, it could, it could look really strange. And so I, and sometimes I feel like um, even in my life, and I know some friends of mine that even when faith seems tough and we're not sure if we can lean into it, we still just reserve that little bit of space of like, okay, okay. I can't give this up. I still, there's still something to this. I can't explain it. I don't know why, but I'm going to set my alarm early and I'm going to go check it out. Well, and that's the, that's just the cool thing about King Darius is like, he wants it. Like there's, if, if he didn't care, if he, you know, if he knew without a shadow of a doubt that, you know, Daniel's done, 
he wouldn't even go out there. There's no reason for him to walk out there. There's no logical reason at least. And so for him to go out there, even that's, that's not just a, like, okay, I need to see this for myself. That's a, I want to see this. I want to go down there and see something that I'm not expecting. And that's, that's just such a cool uh, beginning of faith. Even um, just, you know, to, to have that desire to say, you know what, I want something miraculous to happen here and, and I'm going to go see if it happened or not. I want to believe. I want to believe it's true and I'm going to go and almost go and make it happen. I'm going to go to everything that I can do to go be there to see if it happens. Like there's this sense that King Darius just, he wants it to be true so much that he almost manifests it in a sense. Does that make sense at all? Oh yeah. No, I, Go ahead. Well, it's just this idea of like, you know, not, not only wanting it, but you know, afraid to miss it. Yeah. You know, it's like, if not, not only if it does happen, I have to be there. You know, it's, it's just, I got to be the first one to, to not only witness this, but then also kind of just say like, Hey, almost a, I told you so to everybody else, you know, <laughs> so it's like, see, this is, you know, maybe Darius didn't say that, but you know, it's just this, this idea of, you know, it, what does that look like to be like, Hey, we were right. We, we are serving this God. Um, it's, it's just such a cool, it's such a cool part of the narrative. And he's, and he's quick to make a decree when it's, when, when yeah. Daniel's good, when Daniel's good and there's not a scratch on him, he, uh, he actually throws out, I decree that everyone throughout my kingdom should tremble with fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God. And then I think he made kind of a, uh, a motion like, boom. <laughs> if they what had a microphone, again? he would have dropped it. One more time. What was that? What was the motion? I, I, I think the motion was kind of like, and I, you wish you could see me, but it was more like a, boom. <laughs> No, I don't wish everybody could see you to be no, honest. Yeah, that's just for us. I'm filing that away for, you know, it was a 56 year old man trying to move in a way that he probably shouldn't anymore. I pulled some. <laughs> well, it's really interesting too. Like we talk about this idea that the, the spirit can move ahead of time. And like we planned to do Daniel months ago, months ago, we started talking about this idea of doing Daniel. Um, and here we find ourselves in a time where the scripture might be more applicable to our current situation in a way than, than it was two to three months ago when we started talking about doing this series. Like, it's funny how we can be in places and, and, and God knows what's going on and God's holding us all in his hands. And I know that's hard to believe, but like Darius, there's this part of us that just goes, okay, maybe I'm, I'm going to set my alarm and I'm going to believe and I'm going to get up early and I'm going to trust uh, and go be there as part of it. But um, Pastor Leslie, talk a little bit about what it's been like in this situation. We, we feel a little bit like... Uh, like Daniel, and we feel a little bit like Darius in this current situation? Um, that's a great question. And sure I have no idea where you're hoping I would uh, go. Well, you're, you are, you know, I am a theological <laughs> wizard. I just assumed we all were at this point, but uh, I mean, <laughs> we, we all have this little bit of fear at this point. Like if we're honest, right, we all have this little bit of fear but we all have this maybe little bit of faith as well. At least I think in our particular uh, group of pastoral staff, hopefully with people listening, it may be smaller, it may be bigger for others, but how do we live in that tension of faith and fear? Yeah, I think it's a really, oh, sorry. I think it's a really interesting question. Um, and the answer is not easy. The answer is, we muddle through, we just yeah. kind of try to figure out what our next 
best step is. Um, in our staff meeting today, I was talking about what what is it to do this ministry thing? And so much of my job is events and planning. And how do I be responsible in it? How is God asking me to be attentive to what is going on in the world and attentive to the fact that God is still God? He is bigger than everything that is happening and he is a great physician. How do I hold those two things in balance? The answer is I, I can't hold either of them. Um, I have to kind of sit somewhere in the middle and right in the middle is where the presence of God is. I have to be sitting right in that spot where I am aware of what's going on, but my eyes are still on Jesus. We talked about Peter walking out of the boat. Um, I'm always amazed that like he was the only one who actually got out of the boat. Um, and so much we say, oh, it's because you started to doubt, but what's incredible is he got out of the boat. So I'm constantly asking myself this question, how do I have to get out of the boat or how do I have to remain faithful? Like Daniel did even now I'm putting all of my Bible stories together. Um, <laughs> but how do I remain faithful to what Jesus is asking me to do in light of the situation? And he's asking me to do something every day. And every day I'm being asked to become more like God. Yeah. And I, th I live in that tension too. And maybe, maybe this isn't where we should be uh, announcing that out. It's pastors, right? We, we've kind of, sure. <laughs> you know, people listening are, are, are looking for this, this strong sense of hope that God is, you know, going to handle this and he's going to be in every single detail and the situation is going to be okay. But there is a part of me that every once in a while, I'm like, I know that to be true, but I still live in the tension of the fear as well. We all have tension, I think, if we're being real. But I, one of the things that that helps me, and I don't know if I'm the oddball. Sometimes, maybe yes. <laughs> but but I, I realize I realize that that Daniel, back to him, he had impact on the king, and he had Im impact by his life and by how he lived and what he did, especially what he did for others. So I think in this kind of time, the best thing, like like I loved it last night. I even texted it out to a couple of you that when when I sent out some text messages and my phone started blowing up for the first time in a while, I was just like, oh, I'm home. I'm back to be, I'm back to be where I want to be. And and to me, it, what deals, what helps us to deal with the faith and the fear is actually having an impact and loving loving someone else, getting out of my own box and caring about. Uh, somebody else's needs or checking on somebody or being an encouragement. So I think that's a big deal in this time. I think we all can live in that tension, but what do we do? What do we do with it? And hopefully it leans us towards maybe even helping someone. And I think maybe we we're sitting at the precipice of, of the church really discovering or rediscovering show, uh, as I should say, rediscovering what it really means to be the church, to be this, this body of people called out for a specific purpose to love our neighbor. Uh, and, and you know, that means everybody around us and, and some of what we're doing by social distancing is loving our neighbors. Some of what we're doing by reaching out to maybe the most vulnerable in our community and asking how we can help is loving our neighbor, finding a way. Uh, I don't know if we announced this earlier, but we're hoping for Easter morning, pastor Leslie is putting together this wonderful, uh, kind of egg drop situation where we are providing uh, Easter eggs to families. We're just going to drop them in their front lawn. No touching, keeping social distance. We're following the rules. <laughs> uh, and the but, day before Easter. And the day before Easter. And just a, a wonderful day to wake up uh, with your family, with your kids in a sense where we 
we can't get out or go do that on a regular basis. Plus, right now, you're limited. You can only buy like one dozen eggs at the store if you can even get to the store. <laughs> so we're providing not real eggs, but with candy inside uh, as well. We are working hard to figure out how to love our neighbors around us. Uh, we want to love the people in our church. We want to love the people around our church. Well, I think as we begin to wrap this up, let's do this. Um, we're going to go around. Not that anybody can see the round that we're in, but we'll start with Pastor Mark. Go to Pastor Leslie. We'll wrap up with Brian uh, and I'll close this out. But um, in this particular time of living in the tension of fear and hope, of not knowing what tomorrow holds, but knowing who holds tomorrow, what is some hope that we can offer people listening to this podcast? Go ahead, Mark. I think, you know, it's one day we're going to turn back to quote unquote normal, you know, I mean, one day we're, we're going to come out on the other side of this. And that's, I think that's the thing that where, where I'm finding my own hope, um, you know, to today, actually, like we went for a walk just around lunchtime, like we maintained social distance, did all that, you know, but we got a little bit of exercise and I'm not kidding. That half hour walk was like the best thing that's happened to me in the last four days. Um, you know, so, sorry, pastor Brian, you preached a couple times in there, but, <laughs> yeah, whatever. but you know, I mean, it, it really was like, it was so good for me. And for that 30 minutes, it just felt normal. Um, and so it, it's kind of, I think that's what a lot of people are hoping to get back to is this idea of, you know, normal dealing with the difficult things of work, dealing with, you know, family issues, whatever it might be, they just want a sense of normalcy. Um, and so while we may have a new normal for right now, uh, ultimately I don't think we're going to stay there. And so that's, you know, that's something that, um, I think I've just been holding on to. Um, and that's a promise, you know, that, that God has brought us through before, you know, this is not the first yeah. time that the world has been dramatically changed. Uh, you know, it's, this is not the first time that we've, we've seen something so just drastic happen in our own lives. So uh, we serve a good God and that's, you know, that's, that's, that's it for me. Yeah. The thing that's, um, I have really been clinging to in terms of hope is taking a look back at my life and seeing those moments where I thought it wasn't possible or where I felt like, my world was going to end and see God's faithfulness there and then remind myself, um, I'm a journaler, so I have things written kind of everywhere, but the fact that the God we serve is unchanging. So if he was faithful five years ago, he's gonna be faithful again today. Um, what his faithfulness will look like in the midst of this COVID uh, probably is not how I would if I were God fix everything so being able to like remember that i'm not god and i don't have the end plan but knowing that i serve this god who does not change and his faithfulness remains yesterday today and tomorrow um and that jesus was god here on earth so when we cry out to him he gets it he honestly gets it pastor brian well, I'm going to go with, I hear the music in the background, so I know what that means. This is like the Oscars or something. We're going to get off the stage. You never, ever wrapped it up quicker when music started playing or <laughs> when you looked at the on, clock. Yeah, we got another 12 minutes. Watch this. The tomb is empty. The power is available. Our faith is growing. It's going to stay in a good growing pace, and our faith is going to be better because of this. So boom goes the dynamite. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Preach I was it, waiting preacher. for it. it. Yeah, and I think I just hold on to this idea that uh, we're never promised an easy life when we give uh, into this idea of faith or we give our lives over to Christ. This this idea that everything's just going to be perfect and there's no more pain and no more suffering. That's not promised this side of heaven, but what is promised is there is a God who walks with us through it. 
right? Yep. And just like mm-hmm. Pastor Leslie mentioned earlier, one of the greatest parts about this past weekend is when Brian reminded us in the midst of whatever we're doing, whether it's planned, prepared, unprepared, or whatever, we can stop, we can pray, we can give it to God, uh, and we can just trust that he is with us in this time. Well, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Crossing Church Rewind. As always, you can find more information about our church at crossingchurch.org. And be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Or if you have any questions or comments, you can email us at podcast at crossingchurch.org. And if you want to financially support all the ministry that happens here at the church, even when we're in social distance situations, uh, you can do that online at crossingchurch.org slash give. And to remind you, if you want to check out our services, they're pre-recorded, but we stream them out live so that we can watch together as a community uh, Saturday nights at 5 p.m., Sunday mornings at 1030. And we're just going to start launching a Sunday night at 5 p.m. as well. If you're in need or something, we've got this Crossing Cares ministry. Reach out to us through our website at crossingchurch.org. We want to help you and our community in any way we can. Thanks for checking us out this week. And uh, please like, subscribe, and share this podcast with all your friends.